This episode of the JNR Basketball Podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up for Underdog Fantasy today with the promo code JNR or check out the podcast description for a direct link and they'll deposit match you up to $100. That's $100, up to $100 in free cash. Sign up today for your daily fantasy fix. You can do football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. It is the best and easiest way to get in on fantasy daily drafts. They're available all the time. Check it out on the app and use promo code JNR for a deposit match. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the JNR Basketball Podcast. My name is John, joined by Ronnie, and both of us have been battling some injuries. <laughs> yeah. uh, injuries probably is the right word. Some sicknesses, some illness, but I feel like I'm definitely in the NBA because I've missed some time, just like just like every player has missed some time so far this season. Yeah, we, you feeling better? You still a little under the weather? I am still down with the sickness, but I'm, I can still talk. You can, you're, you're playing through the pain, much like LeBron James, much like Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. Did you see the play where he got smashed in the face? Yeah, that was weird. It didn't look that like the weird. guy, it didn't even look like he got hit really hard. And then he just started gushing. No, blood. not at all. He just started gushing blood. And then he like went after him. Uh, I was against the Spurs game, I think, and and it was just like, what happened? Because it escalated very quickly. It was weird. Yeah, I don't remember who hit and, him. It was just some. I don't remember either. Some tall dude. dude on the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, but that was uh, that's what we're dealing with. Hopefully, everyone out there is staying healthy, staying strong. Winter is finally here. Hopefully, uh, you're not snowed in somewhere. But if you are, turn on and watch some basketball. It's basketball season, baby. Yeah. Or listen to some of our past podcasts. We'll help you pass the time yeah. with our, yeah. our dumb things that we talk our, about. <laughs> our soothing voices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of dumb, let's talk about our picks from last week. <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? I, I, did do it. I did good. <laughs> you did good. I know. That's why it's dumb. Uh, I picked Devin Booker as the player of the week. I picked the wrong son. DeAndre Ayton had a heck of a weekend. Yeah. He was in the top 10 for fantasy scores two days, two of the three weekend days. I think Friday and Sunday both. He he just dominated. Uh, so kudos to him. The beast has been woken up. He is playing really, really good basketball. And I know you probably hate to see it. No, I'm happy. But... I'm just, he finally learned how to rebound. You know, he's putting his body in front of the ball instead of just being flat-footed and staying put, you know, and, and watching someone else get the rebound. He's actually going for it. So it, it totally changed his game. Just simply rebounding, going it for the did. ball. It did, yeah. In that game against uh, Detroit, he had 12 rebounds and 28 points on mm-hmm. Friday. On Saturday, back-to-back game against Utah, 21 rebounds, yeah. 29 points. He was a beast. How about that? You know, on a back-to-back game, too. So he's not yeah. even tired. Yeah. He just pulls down almost twice as many rebounds and one more point. So, yeah. So was Xbox Live down this weekend? That's the question. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was out of town. <laughs> so prevented he, him. Yeah, yeah, he was able to get some sleep. <laughs> no, it was a home game. It was a home game. Oh, okay. <laughs> But uh, something, maybe the internet in his house was out. Uh, who knows? He had the second best game on Saturday as far as fantasy points go. Number one was the player that you picked. Yeah. LeBron James, 11 rebounds, 39 points, and a win over the San Antonio Spurs. That was the game that uh, Westbrook got punched in the face or, or elbowed in the face or something in the face. Yeah. 62 fantasy points, according to ESPN scoring on that game so congratulations ronnie not only did you outperform the player that i picked you literally picked the best player on saturday he might have been the plus best player all weekend oh no some some dude that i don't even know zubak for uh the clippers <laughs> yeah he's a good guy 
29 rebounds, 31 points. He had an epic game, probably the best game of his career on Sunday against the Pacers. That's awesome because I've been doing Pacers, so. I've been doing so poor in these picks, you know. So it's good oh, that I finally, yeah. yeah, finally got a, a good one, you know. So how did your pick do? Uh, you know, <laughs> he did okay. My pick of the week was Devin Booker, who had an okay game on Saturday. I don't have a stat line. He didn't make the top thirty in fantasy points on Friday, but on Saturday he was number ten. So that's crazy that Aiton was number two, and Booker was number ten. So two yeah. players in the top ten. He had 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 27 points. Shot really bad. 8 was, for 27? That is was terrible. Was Saturday the 26? Saturday was the 26. Okay, so in our league, he scored 43 fantasy points. Okay. So that, that yeah, 41 date, in ESPN scoring. The two days after, though, when he played Sacramento, um, November 28th, he got 62 fantasy points. So, man. Ooh, so I picked the wrong day. Yeah. He did good. He did good on Monday. Tuesday. Monday. But he played a game, this game against the Pacers, and I was going to say, speaking of the Pacers, your breakout player of the week was Tyrese Halliburton, who had himself an awesome game on Friday against the Brooklyn Nets. I guess. He scored 54 fantasy points, 15 assists, 21 points, 6 rebounds. The guy that I picked, CJ McCollum, he didn't play. Oh, so, and uh, the, we were talking it. about the two, how you always tend to you know pick guys that are injured for those those picks. Yeah, but. I excel at that ronnie did did he play after <laughs> or before that you know what i didn't even care i was so hurt <laughs> i was so distraught by him refusing to play that i didn't even look let's see cj mccullen yeah i don't see him he hasn't played in a long time actually yeah he's like oh jonathan pick player of the weekend <laughs> screw him i'm yep. not gonna play. yeah he's missed three games uh, four games because they're playing. They played tonight as well. That's so, because you picked Oklahoma yeah. City, or you know the the team that he was playing against. Memphis. You know, I picked Memphis. No, no, it was Memphis. Memphis has a. Oh, did you? A, a, yeah, yeah, I picked Memphis. That was the game. The okay, 25th. I thought you did Oklahoma City because that was your thing. No. You know, that was my thing for big guys. Gotcha. He's not a big guy. He's okay, a little guy right, against He's Memphis. A little guy. Yeah, Memphis. Memphis defense is. I mean, you're going to score 100 against Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much guaranteed. Uh, they, they like to, they, they play a fast paced game, score a lot of points. So yep. Ronnie, I tip my hat to you. You had the better picks as far as players go. Hey, when I called it with LeBron our... James too, right? Because you remember did. how I was you, saying you, like, he's, he's, he sees Anthony Davis just tearing it up and then he's a douche, you know? So he's going to want to take back that, that, <laughs> I don't know, the attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? So he, he definitely did that. And then Anthony Davis has hardly did anything, you know, cause LeBron had the ball in yeah. his hands the whole time. So. That's just That's typical LeBron, you know? Typical LeBron. I mean, he's still 20 years in the league, and he could still do that. He could still take control yeah. of the game. It's it's pretty cool. I, I, I'm I not a LeBron hater. I'm not a LeBron lover. But it's still pretty cool. 20 years, he can, he can still be the best. I do appreciate that, for sure. Let's talk about our picks, our locks of the week. You picked the Wolves over the Hornets. And I, that was a good pick because the Hornets have everybody who's any good injured. It's pretty much assumed that they're just going to tank the rest of the year. They actually beat the Wolves on this game. So yeah. you dropped to 6-2. and two. This was your second pick that failed to win. Big surprise. Uh, the, it was only yeah, a two-point difference too, you know. So they were yeah, close. Yeah, it was a close game. I picked the Suns over the Pistons. The Suns did win that game. Mm-hmm. So I uh, that was the first game on the back-to-back. So I was happy. I was I happy improve, too. I improved to 4-4. Four and four which is good. 
Uh, I, I'm finally back to 500 there. I need to I need to do better. On the underdog of the week, you got your first win, Ronnie. The Lakers over the Spurs. The Lakers yes. pulled that game out. They won. You're one in five. I picked the Pacers over the Clippers, which was an okay game. No, that game was a blowout. I think uh, they lost. So I I dropped to two and four on the year. You're one game behind me there nice. on the underdog. Finally. I am two games behind you on the lock of the week. I would rather be ahead on lock. I mean, that's just you know. Because you should pick those, and they're, they're should, hard to should, miss on those. It should be easy to pick winners. Yeah, it's definitely going to be hard Especially, for you to Especially, yeah. But you yeah. get first pick every week, too, so hopefully that'll help you. you know, yeah, you'll get the yeah. you get dibs on the best matchups. So we're not going to do our picks tonight. Uh, we'll post them on Twitter, so check us out on Twitter to see our picks of the week, both underdog and lock of the week. Here's hoping that uh, that I can win two in a row. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the game that we picked. Specifically, uh, I think I picked Oklahoma City. Well, let's talk about your game of okay. the week, Cavs and Bucks. And that game was a little bit of a blowout. The Buccaneers, Buccaneers, I've been watching football. The <laughs> the, the Milwaukee Bucks ran away with this game. And I, when I, I watched the game late, I didn't watch it live. And I looked at the score and I thought Cleveland won this game big. So I that was the assumption I had when I started the game. Mm-hmm. And then I just see this massive lead that Milwaukee built up. And I was just thinking to myself, man, they really are going to have the most epic of comebacks. Yeah. And uh, they didn't. They didn't have the epic of comebacks. They, they kind of Yeah, there was a big third quarter lose. where it was Cleveland scored 10 in the third quarter and Milwaukee had yeah. 35. And that pretty much did it. That was it. That was pretty much it. It was close prior to that. Uh, Cleveland outscored... Milwaukee in the second quarter and in the first quarter. So they had a lead at halftime, but we saw in the playoffs last year, second half adjustments, those halftime adjustments, win the third quarter, you could win the game. And they just dominated that third quarter and really put the game out of hand. 117 to 102 was the final, but it didn't feel that close, at least to me. Yeah. It was, I, it was pretty ugly. You know, the players I appreciated watching this game too, Jevon Carter. I don't know if you remember him, but he used to be a Suns player. He was, he was a point guard. And uh, man, he's just playing so good. And even though Drew Holiday is playing, you know, because he's like a backup point guard to Drew Holiday, but then he moved him over to shooting guard when Drew came back from injury. And yeah, they're just both of them are just. This is a really tough team to beat. You know, they're they're yeah. definitely going to be number one in the East, I think. And then the other cool thing is just watching the Lopez brothers play against each other. You got Brooke Lopez and <laughs> yeah. Robin Lopez. That was pretty cool just to see them one on one on each other too. I always appreciate brothers like that. Brothers, they both had eight points. <laughs> well, yeah, Rob, Robin had eight points, uh, three rebounds. So yeah, he didn't he didn't play much. But yeah, Brook Lopez, he's pretty much a starter on this team. He, he only had eight yeah. points and four rebounds, rebounds still. But I so I'm did say Robin feel Lopez like played better. Robin Lopez was guarding Giannis for a lot of the night. There was one play where he just kind of like wouldn't let him get past the top of the key. <laughs> that was his defensive strategy. Uh, it didn't really matter because the Bucks still scored on the play. But it was just like I know what I can do. I will stop him from moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Robin was definitely more efficient with, for the time he was on the floor for it. Yeah. But man, and then you look at Giannis and how dominant he is. I mean, there's times when he just, he's like, anytime in transition, as long as you just give him the ball, he's pretty much going to score because all he does is like hold it above his head and run with the ball and he just dunks it over <laughs> yeah. anybody that's trying to go for it. And nobody even tries that hard, you know, because it's just like, they know that 
no matter what, they can't jump as high as him and block it or stop him. So yeah, or there's a get, handful of players that can try it, and, yeah. and nobody on the Cavs team is one of those players. Right, or they're going to get called for a foul if they try for it, so they just stay out of his way and let him go. Yeah, Giannis had 38 points in that game, and he just looked like the best player in yeah. the NBA. So then, I don't know what the MVP ladder stats show, but the eyeball test to me is still Giannis has got to be close to the top of that. Right. And then Garland played well. He had 20 points. Adam and Mitchell had 29. So they, they tried, you know, but uh, yeah, they're, they're just, honestly, the Cavs are a really small team matched up against the Bucks. They're just not tall enough to stop them defensively. So offensively, the, the Cavs are really good. Yeah. yeah. But you just, you can't stop the Bucks. And the Bucks are going to get better, right? Chris Middleton is still out. He's getting healthy. He's playing some G League games. He's going to be back soon. Yeah. And that's just another another piece of the puzzle for this team. Another it's small piece, too, is Joe to Ingles. I like him a lot, too. He's injured right now. But when he comes back, too, he's going to be another three-point shooter out there. Yeah. The game that I picked were the Bulls versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Neither one of these teams we watched. They're currently both 8 and 11. And this game was interesting. Uh, it ended up being a close game. It goes into overtime, 123 to 119. Oklahoma City Thunder pulls it off. But it was pretty evenly matched. I kind of expected the Bulls to be the better team, uh, but that wasn't the case. It was really, really cool watching uh, Shea Gillius-Alexander. He plays basketball very, very well. Yeah. Uh, Josh Giddy kind of started off slow, but he had a huge third quarter that kind of brought the Oklahoma City Thunder back into this game. Uh, and then the Bulls, you know, they they won the fourth quarter, able to tie the game and send it into overtime. But it was a pretty evenly matched game, which just shows you Chet Holgram is healthy. This Oklahoma City Thunder team, they're young, they're primed, they're ready to go if, yeah. if those guys can all stay healthy. So I'm excited to see what they can do next year with Chet. I'm excited to see what they can pick up in the draft this year. And to see what improvements, you know, Josh Giddy, I don't think he's reached his ceiling yet. So to see him take another step up, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I'm glad I picked this game. But uh, did you watch this game? Did you have any comments on this game before I, I transition into uh, the next stage here? No, I think I watched a different game because I don't remember you picking that one. So I, I watched oh. some other game and I don't even remember which one it was now. <laughs> so yeah. I missed out on this one. It's, it's You know, we got the brain fog, guys. There's there's no doubt about it. My yeah. my head is... I was talking to you and I turned on my Bluetooth headset and then like I thought I'd lost you, but I realized, oh no, it's just through the Bluetooth headset. <laughs> so felt kind of dumb there for a moment. But uh, a couple of notes on this shot and really what, what I want to talk about next is that towards the end of the game, towards the end of regulation, I should say, uh, SGA had a chance to put them ahead before the end of regulation. He has the ball. You can see it's an ISO play. He takes the shot. He misses the shot. There's a couple seconds left in the game. DeMar DeLaRozan, he has a chance to put the Bulls ahead to win the game. He misses his shot as well. Boom, we go to overtime. Now, as overtime is about to end, DeMar DeLaRozan again has a chance to tie the game with the shot. He misses it. They're forced to foul. And, and you know, the rest is sort of history. When they get a four-point lead with, with three seconds left, there's nothing you can really do. But three times, somebody had a chance to put this game out of hand or put this game away, you know, SGA at the end of regulation, DeMar at the end of regulation, DeMar to bring it back to a tie game at the end of overtime, and all three times these guys failed to deliver. So I wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. let's talk about the Phoenix Suns first. Who do you want the ball? Who, who, 
who on the Suns is going to have the ball for that last second shot? Who are you most comfortable with making that shot? Well, I'm most comfortable with Booker, but the tough thing with that, though, is that when if they pass it to him, he sucks at getting double teamed, too. It's so double team. Yeah. yeah, I kind of worry about that. So I almost want somebody else to have the ball first and then have Booker maybe, you know, off the ball, run around somebody and get open and then have like a catch and jump shot. So if you look back at like the alley or the value oop with uh, DeAndre Ayton, who had the last shot earlier this year, Damian Lee drew up a play where he had the go ahead shot. And I kind of agree with you. I like Booker, but if Booker's taking the last shot, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, he he hasn't he hasn't earned that reputation yet. I've uh, seen him you know. make some good shots, but honestly, it's, I'm just worried about the double team. That's all you know. So I would yeah. want to watch him shoot it and make it. But if if like if there's zero seconds left, if there's one second left, I do want to see him up in the air shooting the ball. You know, more than anybody else in the court. That's all. More I'd, than Chris Paul. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think Devin Booker is probably the right choice for the Phoenix Suns. But uh, I was just curious to, to if how you felt about that. Now, let's expand it. Who is the guy in the NBA that you would want to see? Who is, who is the guy that you think, okay, he's going to get the last shot and he's going to make it 99% of the time? Who is that person for you? And I'm curious if it's the same person that I have in mind. Hmm. I, I, I was leaning towards LeBron James when you started saying that. And I can't think of anybody else, so I, I think I'm going to stick with him. LeBron James? I, yeah. I thought about him as well. I would say maybe 10 years ago, it's definitely LeBron James. Right now, I don't think you can convince me of anyone other than Steph Curry. Steph Curry oh, yeah, is that's a, good one. a beautiful shooter, and he just lives for those high-pressure moments yep. and thrives in those moments. So yeah, to me, Steph Curry is the guy that I want to have the ball in his hand at the end of the game. And I honestly can't think of anybody else I agree active with you. in the NBA today. You know what I appreciate about LeBron is that I've seen him in those situations so much when he's, they usually inbound the ball to him and he has no problem getting out of a double team or passing it off to somebody who's open for the game winning shot too, you know? So he's, he's more of a team player in those game winning situations. And people yeah. have talked about that, like use it against him. Like he should be shooting the, the last shot instead of like passing it off to somebody. But I disagree. You know, I think you do get whoever is open and you give them a chance. I honestly feel comfortable with anybody on the Suns shooting the ball too. If, if Booker were to get somebody open, but Booker gets trapped with the double team. So that's why I kind of feel more comfortable yeah. with LeBron, but your pick Steph Curry. Absolutely. Like he is the best shooter in the league. I would want him shooting the ball over anybody else because he has the best chance of making it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on LeBron, and I, I see both sides of it, right? He's 10 years ago, he was often, especially with Miami, he was often looking for another option. It felt like he was scared to make that shot. But I agree, he he was looking for someone that had a better position. You had a team of shooters, so it makes sense. But sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta be that guy. Yep. And it's, I think he's more prone or more apt more more open maybe is the right word more open to do that now than he was 10 years ago i think he recognizes well certainly on this lakers team right who else is it gonna be um and, yeah, and, and he he's willing to do that i mean russ could do it depending on the day but eh. i've seen him make shots but i mean i've seen him miss a lot though <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean his nickname was west brick i mean that, that's not that's not a, you know you have to work hard to earn that nickname yeah right so let's look back at the the history of the NBA. Who okay. is there anyone else 
besides Steph Curry? Is there anyone that surpasses Steph Curry that has played the game that's not currently playing? Robert Horry, Michael Jordan, and Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Yep. Those, Robert Horry? Big yeah, shot Robert, Bob? Robert Horry, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan. I like the three that stand out in my Michael mind. Jordan? Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Reggie Miller. Yeah, Reggie Miller's a good one, but still not not as good as Ray these three Allen. that we just named. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> Luke Walton? <laughs> <laughs> no. Gross. Uh, Dan Marley, Danny Ainge. Oh, yeah. Going back to your son's days. I remember I back think- in the day when Dan Marley hit that half court shot and then he, he jumped on the announcer's table, you know, and just, yeah, just, oh, it was such a good moment there. That was one of my most favorite son's moments. I I vaguely remember that. I, I, I miss the way that we used to celebrate after game winning shots too. You know, this kind of seems like now the players just kind of like stand there and like, just, I don't know, but like nothing really happens. It just kind of like, I, I miss when they would like get like Dan Marley, his celebration and how he, you know, d- jump up on a table, you know, or like, Players would like, I don't know. It's just like they used to celebrate so much more where they don't anymore. Now it's just kind of like lost on like they just give a tough look and look into the camera and then everybody just kind of swarms around them. <laughs> they give a tough look, look into the camera. Yeah. The mean mug. Yeah. The mean mug celebration. Exactly. I I think I would take Kobe over Steph, but I don't know if that I would take anybody else. Yeah. Robert Horry, I did not. That, that one surprises me, but I, I God, he killed us. And I say us being the sons with, with some of those shots. I, yeah, I have personally seen him make some really important shots to to actually like yeah. knock play teams out of the playoffs. Not just the Suns, but other other teams, teams too. Yeah. I mean his nickname was Big Shot Bob. I right. mean he was he loved that pressure. Yeah, it's frustrating. Oh, I hated that one. guy so that's much. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't go wrong with Jordan. I mean i he's made so many game winning shots too. How about Steve Kerr when he knocked the Suns out? Was it the Suns? I think yeah, I think it was him that Knock the Suns out the of the Suns, championship. Yeah. They but, drew yeah. up the play. Steve Kerr was. I mean, the Suns assumed school. that Michael MJ was going to have the ball, right? Yeah, you have to. <laughs> and it's the same with Kobe, right? You know the ball's coming into him. Yep. But you still couldn't do anything to stop it. And see how it's like a comparison with Michael Jordan to LeBron James. You know, like even though Michael Jordan had the ball, he passed it over to Steve Kerr because yeah. Steve had the better shot, the better look, and. That's He's just the really world, the right? Shooter. The LeBron hater, yeah, I agree. LeBron haters are just gonna say like, "Oh, MJ would never do that." Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, right? We exactly. saw it. We ha- we saw it happen. Yep. But and LeBron can't... saw it too, probably. So he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna remember that, yeah. and I'm gonna in those game time situations, if somebody else has a better shot, I'm actually gonna pass it over to them so we could win the game." In his in his uh, past, though, it hasn't actually worked out for him because they end up losing. But is there anyone that you hated taking the last shot? Where you're like, are you kidding me? Why is he getting the last shot? <laughs> I can't think of anybody off the bat, but I mean, I, there's yeah. there's plenty of times when I've seen Suns players shoot the ball, and I'm like, why are you taking the last shot? You know, but I think on purpose I forget who those players are too. You know, so I I can't think of so anybody right off the bat. You're gonna have to help me remember this, but okay. I think it was it was it was the, the the Cavs. LeBron was on the Cavs. One of their players got the ball and didn't call a timeout. Was that Josh Smith? Meta World Peace, Josh Smith. Yeah, yeah. That 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 always sticks in my head. Now that wasn't a shot, but it was like that guy has the ball and it's just a bonehead, a bonehead yeah. non-call. He's like he thought they were winning, and yeah, that's why he exactly. didn't call a timeout and kind of dribbled it away. It's like how how dumb do you have to be to not know the score of the game? And to me, the the look on LeBron's face and his oh, reaction yeah. to that. Is just how I imagine most of Cleveland felt 
And just the raw emotion that you saw there was just, it was so pure and, yeah, oh, that God, was horrible. I, I just felt the pain there. Because they had a chance to type the series, I believe, too. And I don't yeah. remember if it was an inbound pass or if it was just a rebound that he caught. But... It, was a, it was a three throw miss. They got the rebound. And instead of pushing it and trying to, you know, because you're losing, yeah. he just kind of putzed around. Yep. And LeBron, I could just picture it in my head now, LeBron with his palms up, with his <laughs> hands know, up. Like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? Those are my favorite that's LeBron just... moments, too. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's burning yeah. my head. I remember that moment I've... more, like his reaction to whatever, yeah. to the actual play. You know, I, I remember that, it, that's a reaction more than a play. That was so insane. I, And then they end up losing just mainly because of that. They were, they got down a game and, ugh. That would be so frustrating, though, as a player. J.R. Smith was the player to have your to have your teammates not aware in like such an important game. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking it up here. It was game one of the NBA Finals. It was a rebound, and they had a chance to take it to to win the game. And he got the rebound and dribbled to half court, and then realized, oh, what's happening? And LeBron just walking away in disgust, <laughs> absolutely furious. The game goes into overtime. It didn't even matter. Yeah, it was it was. A comp- Oh my goodness. Yeah. I love this replay. <laughs> I feel like that just became like the most memed moment of that year of, oh, for sure. you know, what are you doing? Well, because it was just such a, uh, uh, like you have to be so unaware of like the clock yeah. and the score in such an important game in a championship game, you know? Oh my God. Like how, how do you even do that? That's, you, I don't think that's something that we're going to happen sometimes. again. Yeah. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. We've we seen people hook up a half court shot when there's seven seconds on the clock because they thought it said one. <laughs> yeah. That's a little bit different. At least, you know, they're aware that the time they're just, they just got it wrong. In baseball, sometimes they'll throw the ball into the stands when there's only two outs and there's runners on base. <laughs> I love it's that. Like, whoops. Didn't know the outs there, buddy. Do you remember the old uh, VHSs that you used to rent from Blockbuster called Football Follies? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh my God. Those are the best videos because it was like, it was like, Actually, I was like sports follies. It was just hilarious. It was yeah. all those moments just put together. And the only way you could watch them, you know, there's no YouTube or anything. So you just have to rent them from VHS. And they were like the best now videos you could YouTube, get. Yeah. Yep. You could v- YouTube uh, football follies and you'll, you'll see some of the football bad follies. tapes that we used to watch. But they were really good plays. <laughs> People like fumbling the ball. They kind of like grab it. They would like fumble it like 10 times in one play. <laughs> hilarious. I feel like that happened this weekend in football really? as well. Those are my favorite. Yeah, plays. there was there was like a, a fumble followed by another fumble. Followed when it just by another fumble. all these huge guys, just the ball keeps squeezing out of their hands somehow. You know, it's hilarious. I love those. I wanted to talk about speaking of follies. Uh, your favorite Laker, Lamar Odom. Okay, yeah, he's definitely no, my he's favorite. Not your favorite. He's, he's not. <laughs> he dated one of the Kardashians, uh, Lamar, right? He did. Oh, <laughs> oh man, he did. Uh, Lamar Odom was in the news recently. And I know what you're all thinking, like, yeah, I am curious to what Lamar Odom has to say. I'm sure it'll be something something intelligent. Uh, he was in the news for criticizing the Suns gorilla, saying that the fact that the Suns have a gorilla mascot, they, they say it's racist. And I never thought about it. I always thought it was weird that the Suns had a gorilla. And the reason that they have a gorilla as their mascot <laughs> is also weird. Uh, so if you're not familiar, the gorilla whose name is Go, which we learned before the podcast, Ronnie thought it was Clap. <laughs> yeah, it's that was Go. Close. Equally a stupid name. <laughs> but there was a, a, te- a singing telegram service, and the guy would dress up as a gorilla when he would deliver these singing telegrams. Well, he went to the game in a costume, and the security guards thought, hey, you got this gorilla costume. Why don't you, why don't you dance 
on the court during a timeout. So he did, and supposedly the fans loved it. So he kept coming back to the games in this gorilla costume. Security kept letting him go out onto the court and dance. (laughs) Eventually they gave him like an oversized jersey or team jacket or something. And then later on, he officially became the Suns mascot. So 1980, I think, is when he started dancing, and then he didn't officially become the mascot until the 82 season. I don't, I don't know the dates specifically, but he was just sort of the, the unofficial mascot for for a couple of seasons before he became the official mascot. And now he's he's one of the highest paid mascots in the NBA. Heck yeah, he deserves it too. And he's the best one, I think, in the league. You think? Oh yeah. I don't know. Some of those some of those ones are pretty cool. Well, I mean, the Grizz with what he did with his Undertaker routine. I don't know that he he <laughs> yeah. kind of. I mean, he definitely grew on my list. The Milwaukee Bucks mascot is pretty cool. He was on that show Behind the Mask on Hulu. I don't know if you watched. Oh, was that. he? No, I don't watch that. My wife does, no. but no. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was featured on one of that. Uh, but the Suns mascot's a gorilla, and Lamar Odom thinks it's racist. I don't think it, it's racist. I think it's just silly. It's it's not. I don't know. So um, here, honestly, I was thinking about this, and this all started in my head when the other teams started getting rid of like the Indian stuff, like Redskins, and yeah. Which can you even say that anymore? Can you say Redskin? I don't know. No, but, I'm gonna have to bleep that out. And then um, the Cleveland Indians, you know, they took off their mascot logo off the their Cleveland helmets. Cleveland Guardians. Know, so. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They changed their name too. Yeah. So I think now, every, anytime you mention like Indian reservations, you got to say like Guardian reservations now. So uh, it's like everybody's scared to say Indians. Anyways, I think that all of that made me think of the gorilla, and I was a little scared of it because. There have been like references to you know African Americans. I don't know how do I say it without sounding racist, you know. <laughs> like so, you- well, I'll give you some examples, right? In baseball and recently in the World Cup, racist fans are throwing bananas at players. Yeah, right? that's They're basically obviously saying that African Americans look like look like right. monkeys or gorillas or whatever, you know. So it's just ignorance and stupidity. When I heard that, that bring yeah, those people to do that. exactly. So when I heard that these. Indian names are getting taken off. I did think of the Suns Gorilla and I was like, well, I hope no one brings it up because I do like having him having the gorilla. And now hearing the story of how he became the, our mascot, it's like, makes me even want to keep him more. And stupid Lamar Odom yeah, has to open of, his mouth. It's, and... <laughs> it's just sort of a random happenstance. And we ended up with a gorilla as our mascot. I don't, yeah. I mean, it clearly wasn't intentions. It's just kind of, that's kind of a weird story. I'm just tired of all these this cancel culture you know over like nonsense you know and no just just keep the gorilla don't get rid of him it's it's not racist we haven't been aiming it towards black people at all or anything like that so just keep him he's a cool guy and everybody likes he's him he's a cool guy yeah everybody likes him except for Lamar Odom I don't know what are your thoughts on everything what do you think about it I I never thought about it and you know when Lamar Odom mentioned it I I just raised the question to me is like yeah what why is the mascot a gorilla so then yeah. you see the story and it's like okay well, that's I, I don't think that was ill-intended. I don't I don't think the intentions were poor. I think it was just, you know, there was, happened to be somebody in a gorilla costume that worked for a singing telegram right. service and entertained the crowds. And it just sort of just sort of happened. Well, I'm glad but you... then I was thinking, what would the mascot be if we didn't have right. go the gorilla? Like, what is the sun's? Do you have like a like, a, you know, the Phillies mascot? You just have that with a giant sun. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. It just sort of. It's just sort of weird to to try to think about what it would look like otherwise. Because to me, you know, it's always been the Phoenix Suns gorilla. 
You know, he used so, to do come to schools and stuff like that. So it would be weird to change it. I think if we got rid of the sun's gorilla, we should just have like a a fire guy, a guy that we light on fire and he just runs around the court and like slam dunks it. Fire guy. Yeah. yeah. And then they extinguish him sure. after the dunk. Or I, not if he misses. He's got to keep dunking. He's got to keep <laughs> yeah. trying until he makes it. <laughs> exactly. So the sun's gorilla is the fourth highest paid mascot in the NBA. He makes $200,000 a year. Can you name the three mascots that okay. are higher? Okay, the Grizz on the is on there, right? He is not. He what? Is not. How about Benny the Bull? Benny the Bull, number three, 400K. Nice. Okay, I think the Hornets mascot is on there. He's number five at 100K. Oh. Uh, I'm all out of mascots. I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> There's... Harry the Hawk, he makes 600K for the Atlanta Hawks. And number one on the list is Rocky, the mountain lion for the Denver Nuggets, $625,000 a year. Oh, yeah. I knew it was somebody stupid. That's crazy. <laughs> how would it, how nice would it be I, to be a mascot and you get that much money just for you know cheering your team on, too? You know, getting, yeah. Getting the crowd hyped. I mean, they do a lot of physical stuff. But the question I always have is, let's say the guy that plays Harry the Hawk, if if that job suddenly becomes unavailable, the NBA says no more mascots. Boom. He, I mean, is he really worth six hundred k? He can't go right. to another job and get that. So it's a, the market for mascots is very, very weird and random. You know, the difference between Hugo the Hornet and Rocky is half a million dollars. How do you justify that? <laughs> yeah. It just it just seems weird to me. Yeah. How do you interview for that job? And yeah, if you do lose that job, like what do you do afterwards? Because you can't just Going to some place, right. like, well, and what's yeah, to stop was... Hugo the Hornet going to Atlanta and being like, "Hey, uh, I heard you pay like trying to undercut Harry. Yeah, you pay uh, him six hundred. I'll I'll do the job for two hundred. He gets a raise, and and the Hawks get to save a lot of money. So and it's it's just a weird how they come up with those numbers. Who is under the mascots too? Is do you think it's like retired basketball players because they are really athletic and you know like the Suns Gorilla has the dunking gymnasts. routine. What do you think it is? I think it's gymnasts. Yeah, college gymnasts. You think it's just like the kids and they they pick. You know, like those, the group of kids that we have that are like all involved in dunking the balls and dancing and stuff. Do you think it's just the best one of them? Maybe. The Suns Gorilla has only been played by three or four different people since the 80s. Yeah. So once you get the gig, you you hold on to it for a while. But I think it's somebody that has a gymnastics background that ends up with the job. Yeah. I love when they have like the Suns Gorilla's birthday day, you know, because then they get all these other mascots from all the other teams and they all celebrate it together. Those are the best games to go to. If you can, figure out when your mascot's birthday is and go to that game because <laughs> there is so much fun. They'll have like 10 other mascots on the floor. I always like when they do like football games too. They'll do the same sort of thing where the mascots will play football against each other. And... Oh, do they? Yeah, on college football sometimes. Yeah, oh, they'll okay. have a big mascot meetup or something like that. But oh. yeah, mascots. Who would have thought that the Suns Gorilla would be the topic of discussion for Lamar Odom? I mean... <laughs> It's it's one of those things. It's like, what are you doing? That that's that's a topic of discussion. Like, was that a leading question? Where they're <laughs> like, hmm, let's see. I wonder what made him think of it too. You know, was he at a Suns game watching the Lakers or something? And yeah, he was like, maybe. Well, what's up with this gorilla? Still, they need to get rid of that. That's racist. I hate him right now. <laughs> uh, that's all I had for today. I just kind of wanted to look at the schedule this weekend and see. What games are you excited for? I can tell you 
what games I'm excited for. I'm excited to see the Heat and the Celtics play on Friday. This is a playoff rematch. Always exciting to see that. I'm excited to see... Oh, there was one more. Where did it go? Suns versus Rockets? No. <laughs> the Suns are in Texas. Well, they're not in Texas. The Rockets game is at home, and then they travel to San Antonio. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting how that schedule works. What about but, uh, Miami Heat and Celtics? That's the one I just said, Ronnie. Good God, man. How about Lakers and Bucks? I know you're not feeling good, but <laughs> killing me. Uh, what about the Lakers and Bucks, Ronnie? Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel? That's, that's How does it feel, <laughs> Ronnie? <laughs> that's a good one. I like that you brought that up. I wish I would have thought of that one. Yeah, I wish you would have too. <laughs> uh, that's pro- oh, God, this 76ers is and Grizzlies. Again. Uh, what 76ers team is going to show up is the problem. Yeah. Although I, I did see that James Harden is getting close closer to returning so that's exciting yeah something about this pacers and jazz is standing up to me i kind of want to watch that one i think it's just because i haven't seen those players play and i think they're kind of like evenly yeah. matched you know they're all like younger teams that were who are supposed to tank but Up they're not or yeah so the, the like Ma- to watch mavericks that. versus knicks jumped out to me as well because you know, jalen brunson former mavericks player yeah there you mavericks go. traveling to madison square garden to see that game there so that that might be an interesting one to watch as well Kings and Clippers, the two California teams again. You know, there's always the California teams playing each other. There's always California teams. Now it's like the Kings are like the better team, which hasn't happened. You know, they're actually playing against a decent team against the Clippers. That'll be a good one. Ronnie, you got one more thing for us? (laughs) Yeah. So I just, some of these cool stats that have been happening over the week, you know, since we haven't been doing our podcast for. So one important one I wanted to go over uh, was Tyrese Halliburton. So since stats have been tracked since 77 to 78, he was the first player with 40-plus assists and zero turnovers for a three-game span. So that was wow. just a really cool thing just to come across. Oh, yeah. And then um, do you know who won Player of the Week? I'm going to guess DeAndre Ayton. You're right. Yeah, for the West, DeAndre Ayton. Yep. He had that great weekend, man. That that just makes sense that it would be him. Yeah. I did not see this in advance. So Okay, yeah. I, uh, Good pick. You're and right. Then, and for the West or for the East, I'm going to guess Giannis. Yep, correct. So for DeAndre Did I really? Ayton, oh, crap. Yeah, you know it too. <laughs> so Ayton had 23.7 points per game, 16 rebounds per game, and he shot 67.4% from field goal. Amazing. And then Giannis had 35.3 points per game. That's ridiculous. 9.5 rebounds per game and 5.8 assists. So well-deserved for him too. For sure. Yep. I'm shocked that I got those. Yeah, the good guesses. But yeah, you've, you've been watching basketball, so you've seen who's been the best players. I, the best around. So, yep. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys for listening. Check us out on social media, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.